we've known for a very long time that people who eat more plants seem to live longer, lower risk of chronic conditions, um, better mental health, uh, you know, etc. We never really understood the mechanism until recently. Um, and that all comes down to our gut microbiome. The information provided in this podcast is educational and not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast, we are talking about why plant-based diversity is a cornerstone of a healthy diet. What are simple steps that you can take to begin integrating more plants into your diet? What immediate benefits can a plant-based diet offer other than just gut health? Why is optimizing our gut so important for our overall health and well-being? Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, and today my special guest is Megan Rossi, PhD and RD. She's known as the Gut Health Doctor. She's an internationally influential gut health specialist. She is a practicing dietitian and nutritionist, as well as a leading research fellow at King's College London. She is also the founder of the Gut Health Clinic, where she leads a team of gut specialist dietitians. Her first book, Love Your Gut, is available now, and she has recently released How to Eat More Plants. Megan, thank you so much for being here today. And I was just super excited uh, when I got the notification about your book and what you were covering in your book. So I am super excited to have you today. Thank you. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And um, I'm sure you share that same passion about really getting out the importance of how life-changing nourishing your gut really can be. So essentially that's what How to Eat More Plants is all about. It's taking, that, I guess, that hard scientific evidence and translating it into a really simple and delicious way of eating um, that we know is going to really game change in terms of gut health. Well, you are also practicing. You're a clinician as well. And so, you know, as clinicians, we decide to write certain books because of what we see in practice. Is that why you decided to write this book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I first got into the whole realm of gut health based on, you know, my my patients um, and clients, you know, coming to me of all different backgrounds complaining of gut issues. That was like, you know, 15 or so years ago. And before a lot of the gut health research had really come to the forefront, I was like, gosh, what is it about the gut? So that's when I embarked on a PhD, looking at whether you target the gut through the right nutrition, whether that can you know, improve things like not just our gut health, but things like our mental health, hormonal health. And it was really that which game changed everything for me. Um, and it, you know, it became so clear that we could improve lives in very real and often surprising ways, literally by targeting the gut. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I... I actually moved over, so I'm Australian by background, I moved over to the UK to work as a research fellow at King's College in London, and I do research study there, but I've always kept my hand in clinical practice because it does make sure your research is very relevant. And I guess my first book, um, Love Your Gut, was very much about helping people get on top of their digestive issues, whether it's bloating, food intolerances, um, IBS, et cetera. And the second book I wrote really just, I guess, out of people wanting a follow-on they're like okay great got on top of those kind of 
those gut issues. But now I want to get on top of things like my hormonal health, my mental health. And I hear that the gut is the way to do that. And my skin health, all of those sorts of gut axes um, that I talk about. So that's that's where How to Eat More Plants really came in. That practical guide of translating kind of that new scientific evidence around, you know, what we need to eat to make the most of, I guess, this new organ we've discovered. Sure. So why is eating more plants and diverse plants the cornerstone of health? Yeah, look, I think, you know, you'll appreciate that we've known for a very long time that people who eat more plants seem to live longer, lower risk of chronic conditions, um, better mental health, uh, you know, et cetera. But we never really understood the mechanism until recently. Um, and that all comes down to our gut microbiome. So I'm sure everyone listening, you know, is quite up to speed on that, that we've got these trillions of microorganisms, the bacteria mostly predominate, but we've got the, the um, parasites and fungi and yeast, which actually synergistically work together to, to make up that gut microbiome, so that community. Um, and what the research has, has shown is that in all our different types of plant-based food groups, I call them the super six in the book, they each contain a different category of these things called phytochemicals. Now, most phytochemicals like these polyphenols, human cells can't digest, like dietary fiber. Human cells on our own, we don't have the enzymes to absorb them from our gut to get into our blood to feed the rest of our body. That's where the bacteria come in. They are the unique ones with the with the enzymes to break down fibers and these polyphenols so our body can absorb it and do really beneficial things with it. So actually the mechanism of why these plants are beneficial is because it nourishes the gut bacteria and enables them to not only produce beneficial chemicals, but really to work optimally uh, with, I guess, human metabolism. And I think when you say, okay, you know, um, please, you know, hey, we really need some biodiversity in your gut. What I'm going to have you do is eat different vegetables, you know, each week, you know, and you give folks some tips to do that. But generally when you suggest a dietary change, people's face goes white. Like they kind of can cook what they can cook. They can do what they can do. And they don't, they're, it's, it's hard to get outside of that box. So what are some tips for maybe increasing plants in your diet? Yeah, look, I mean, I want people to firstly know that, um, you know, you can increase plants in your diet at no extra cost and no extra effort. It's just about when you go to the shop, having that diversity mindset. So instead of just getting your broccoli, get your seed mix of veg, you know, instead of just getting one like a chickpea, get your, your mixed um, types of, of legumes, for example. So thinking diversity wherever you can. And my food philosophy is all about inclusion so what can we add to our plate that's going to really nourish the gut bacteria so make sure whenever you're eating they also have something on your plate that's going to nourish your gut bacteria so some type of plant um, and that's why a lot of the recipes in the book is you know just some really easy ways to sneak in some extra veg so for example the smoothies um, they all have things like veggies, you know, blended in like frozen cauliflower. You know, makes a smoothie so creamy and smooth, and you wouldn't actually even know that it's got, um, you know, a veg in it. So my husband, who when I first met him was very anti-veg, you know, used to do stuff like that. And in the book, I've also got like this. Um, I call it the the super pesto, and actually, it's made mostly based on Brussels sprouts because a lot of people go, oh, yuck, I hate Brussels sprouts. So. And make them that. Don't tell them there's Brussels sprouts in it. And then they're like, oh, 
that's delicious. And then I tell them there's Brussels sprouts in it. So it's all about, I guess, working with the flavors. And that's what I guess the whole recipe element of the book is about showing how you can make veggies actually really taste delicious and moorish. And I think the more people find that out, then they're more likely to make a few small changes in their diet. So if you're not really into veg at all, I would say literally pick one veg um, that you're going to add into your diet each week. And then you kind of build up your rapport of getting a little bit more confident and show how, you know, with a little bit of olive oil and some sea salt mixed in, you can make veg taste so delicious um, that you'll be going back for seconds. And I think that's a great idea. That's always what I suggest. Just just a little bit here, a little bit there, and just add it into your smoothie. And people seem to really resonate to that. It doesn't seem too overwhelming to put this huge recipe, for example. So what benefits can people see by adding in more diverse veggies into their diet? Yeah. Look, Emery, just on that point around the the taste um, component, because I think that is another barrier for a lot of people. And in the book, I talk through some case studies of some of my clients who, you know, came to me going, look, I know there's so many health benefits attached to both, but I just don't like the taste. Um, And you know, I think it's important to highlight the science, which shows that if we slowly start to increase more plants in our diet, even if it's sneaking them in initially, um, actually our oral microbiome changes, the bacteria in our mouth changes, and that can change our taste perception. So after about four weeks, actually, we can start to crave plants more. Um, and our taste buds actually turn over every 10 or so days. So there's a lot of science that goes into that. So if people are going, oh, but I just don't like a certain type of veg. I say sneak it in initially and you'll watch the magic. Your taste buds will change. It's like, you know, when you're young, you hate the taste of coffee and olives and dark chocolate or even wine. And now we kind of love it and crave it. And that's just because we kind of let our taste buds evolve um, by having small amounts and adjusting to it. But sorry, I just wanted to make that slight deviation because I, you know, I hear all the time and I want to kind of miss box that. Or give people, I guess, empower them with the information that if they make slow changes, it will, you know, their taste buds will catch up with them. But in terms of the far-reaching benefits, um, you know, I talk about the the different five axes uh, in the book in a little bit more detail. So the gut-skin axis, um, the gut-brain axis, the gut-metabolism axis, and the gut-hormone axis, um, and the gut-immune axis. So these axes essentially is highlighting the science around nourishing the gut bacteria by doing things like adding more plants into it can improve things like your skin health, your mental health, you know, your lower your risk of, um, of getting the common cold. And also studies have shown even COVID-19, they give a case study in the book of that, um, where it's really powerful research. And that's just because we know that 70% of our immune system lives in the gut. Um, so if you're nourishing those gut bacteria, they train our immune system and keep it really strong so we can fight off anything that kind of comes that way. Um, and then things like hormonal health, we know that the gut bacteria actually help regulate things like our estrogen levels. Um, they produce this enzyme which helps recycle the estrogen in our body. And that's why we see people going through the menopause. If they increase the plants in their diet, they reduce their risk of um, things like hot flushes by around 20%, according to some clinical trials. So, you know, again, it comes down to the far-reaching benefits of this kind of newly discovered organ within us. Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, Maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe 
After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at DrAnnMarieBarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support, pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit DrAnnMarieBarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then why did you decide to create a meal plan based on points? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, look, so in the in the book, I have these different menu plans. So one for busy families, one for sensitive guts, um, and and one for so one for families, one for busy people, one for sensitive guts. And the one for sensitive guts I, I found really important to include because as you'll experience in clinic, so many people say, look, I want to increase more plants, but it makes me more bloated or, you know, I've got issues with legumes, I can't eat them, et cetera. So what I've done based on some of my research from, from King's College in London is produced a, a menu plan that's still very high in dietary fiber, but it's cut out some of these fermentable types of fiber. Um, so I call it the FODMAP light approach. So I'm sure, um, Anne-Marie, you know about the low FODMAP diet. We take out certain types of fibers to give the gut a bit of rest and then we systematically reintroduce it. But we know that that can be quite restrictive. And, um, you know, if you can't really do that on your own very well, you often run into a lot of trouble. So I've, I've come up with a kind of a safer way to do that by just cutting out some of the really highly fermentable types of food and fibres. Um, and that seems to work really well in people with sensitive guts to include more fibres and help kind of retrain their gut. And um, in all of the menu plans, I've got this plant point system um, because it makes it a little bit more fun to think about how many, you know, a fun way to add extra plants in. So it's about getting people to count how many plants that they, you know, would have normally on a, on a daily or weekly basis and then go you know what I'm going to challenge myself or my family or my colleagues to increase that number by two each week and the thing that we know about each individual plant has got you know hundreds of different plant chemicals that's unique to that so for example you know the humble apple has got 300 plant chemicals in it things like dopamine you know feel-good hormones got incitol which is good for PCOS it's got 100 million bacteria and that's just a humble apple but if you extrapolate that out to berries and you know, all the other veg and things like that out there, you appreciate there's literally thousands of plant chemicals for your body and bacteria to enjoy, but you need to get that diversity in. And that comes with the plant point system. Very, very nice. And then what do you feel like our gut can tell us about our overall health? Yeah, I mean, 
it just got so much information out within our gut. And I know other people don't like talking about their poop and I don't recommend you need to start sharing out widely. Um, but I think it is worth it. People kind of check in with their poop um, every fortnight or so. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're very aware of the Bristol stool chart. They talk a lot about the, the kind of the different types of poop in, in the first book, um, um, Love Your Gut, where, you know, there's the seven types of, of stools. One is like a high teaser. Seven is like a, a liquid smoothie. What we're aiming for is a type three, four, or five. It's kind of what's healthy. And then the frequency, it's anywhere, according to like what the general uh, guidelines is, anywhere from minimum of three times a week up to three times a day. If you're outside of that normal, then definitely worth kind of seeing a healthcare professional and investigating that and then having the color and all that sort of stuff. So it does actually provide us with a lot of information. Um, and you know, it's not just, I guess, about gut symptoms as well. Um, so when I was writing that first book, you know, people always ask me, how do you know if your gut's healthy? And I'm like, well, kind of tricky. There's like a few elements to it. So I came I came up with this 10-question assessment, which I can link um, for your for your viewers. Um, That'd be wonderful. Yeah. To fill out. Yeah. And it, it asks things like um, how often, yes, about gut symptoms, but how often are you getting sick? How much sleep are you having? How stressed are you? And then it helps scale you from a, a score of zero to 20 to see where your gut health is currently at and the key areas you can really work on um, to maximize your, your gut health because everyone's journey is different. Awesome. That's wonderful. And I'm, I'm really excited to see that. I think a lot of people would love to, to fill that out, to see really where they are. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And then you also talk about a 28 day challenge. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, you know, we know from, from clinic that a lot of people, when they are thinking about making dietary challenge changes, you know, they're more, they want to make a big change. You know, they're really motivated at some point when they come and see us and like, I just want to make that change. So that's what the 28, um, uh, challenges about is to over the, the period of the 28 days showing you how you can very easy um, make some significant changes uh, to your diet by you know each day focusing on a new challenge whether it's one day adding cauliflower to your smoothie whether it's you know the next day is um, you know trying a new veg that you haven't tried before the next day you know each day you've got a bit of a challenge so it kind of motivates you and across that 28 days, you know, really trying a wealth of new plants that perhaps you wouldn't have in the past. So it's just a, a fun little way to encourage people to get more plants, really reap the benefits of their gut health um, and even challenge it with, you know, some friends or, or, or um, family members. That's wonderful. What are, for you personally, what are kind of three must do things every day for your gut? One, you know, it's it's a simple one, but a lot of people don't do it enough, is chewing their food well. Um, it sounds really simple, but a lot of people who come with some sort of gut issue, I say to them, look, go away for a week and just start doing that. And about 30% of them get complete resolution of things like their bloating um, by literally just doing that. And, and, you know, I would say 90% get some sort of benefit from it. So, um, we know that we not only physically break down food, but we have enzymes in our saliva which start to chemically break it down. So I recommend people aim for at least 15 to 20 chews, um, most mouthfuls. Uh, obviously, it depends if you have to chew your soup or anything like that, but that's kind of the guideline. So chewing your food well, I think, is, is a really important one. Taking some time out to really nourish that gut-brain axis, so that two-way communication that occurs between your gut and your brain, because if you're stressed up here, 
you'll know that's going to strangle your gut. And no matter what you eat, it's not going to feel great. Um, and it can lead to hormonal issues, et cetera. So whether it's doing some belly breathing, I've got in the book some box breathing exercises, or whether it's going for a walk in the forest, and you know, all those sorts of really simple things and you know, practical strategies we can do just to give ourselves kind of 10 minutes um, gut brain rest. I think that is a really important kind of second tip. And the third one, of course, is around diet. Um, so I would say at each meal time, thinking, okay, you know, maybe I've got some of my favorite meals here, uh, favorite foods here, or even at snack time, but what on my plate is going to feed my gut bacteria? Because, you know, if you're having friends over for dinner, you're going to make sure you always cater for them as well. Um, and I like to think of the bacteria as, as nerdy as it is, um, kind of like this little inner community of, you know, support for me. So, you know, they have my back. I just have to have theirs by nourishing them right. And, you know, they will help me live longer, have better skin, you know, have better mental health. I just kind of need to nourish them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wonderful knowledge with us. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. And Thank you so much for everybody else out there listening to the Gut Health Reset podcast. Please subscribe and say hello. We want to hear more from you and make sure to send us a link of something that you would like to hear topic-wise. We always love to hear from you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.